Welcome to Once More with Commentary. We are a Buffy podcast, and this is our very first episode, so welcome. Uh, I'm Allie. And I'm Ginny. And we are ready to talk today about the movie, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> which... We sure are. <laughs> well, I uh, I don't know. Well, it's definitely Ugh. not the best part of the Buffy canon, that's for sure. It's, it's um, not. I don't think it qualifies as part of the canon. Well, actually, I think it doesn't. Um, but actually, there's yeah. an interesting note about that, that part, like a different version of it does officially count as part of the right. canon. The, the origin comic yes. is what I read. Which yeah. I actually really remembered that I own. <laughs> so I have to go back I and I don't, that. and I need to get it. Yeah. Um, hmm. But we are talking about the movie because... I do feel like it's important to talk about like where to, the know, ge- to know where you yeah came exactly from. <laughs> like talk about the genesis of the show and like where this concept of this blonde cheerleader yeah. fighting vampires came from and yeah. like it's got yeah. some interesting history like in terms of like Joss Whedon's involvement with the show and like some right. of the executive producing credits that happen on the show are a direct result of the movie mm. so right and it is a, I think an interesting point I think I kind of read this somewhere else too but like basically would the TV show have ever been able to happen the way that it did if they hadn't made this I will say pretty terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe they wouldn't have learned their lesson about making it this like farcical yeah, comedy. Yeah, I just think, or or if he had made a movie and it had been like okay, you know, they don't think they would have been like, oh, we should really continue mining this. I don't know. Yeah. So I think that that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. It was worth. It was. It was good for me to watch it. It was good. Like I, to watch. I read. Um, I did. It's not a good movie. So the timing of this is like. <laughs> Really good, actually, and fortuitous. We were talking about because um, Buffy just celebrated its twenty-first or twentieth anniversary of mm-hmm. the airing of the pilot of the television yeah. show, which is exciting and makes me feel like exciting. a crypt creeper, <laughs> um, <laughs> like a vampire. Would you? Yeah, say? maybe, maybe, maybe like a really old vampire. Yeah. Um, no, like an ageless vampire. I like, like to think I'm aging well. The one that ages like David Boreanaz. Yeah, yeah. He's, just, no, he definitely he has want. like a Dorian Gray painting in his closet somewhere. <laughs> he, he's like the one yeah. that looks exactly the same, just maybe like not as, skin, oh, not as skinny. But also maybe Joyce. Yeah. I don't in know what spread. Christine Sutherland's also, been doing. What are you, what are you, how old were you when they filmed the show? I didn't even look at I up. don't know. But Ugh. so there's been a lot of stuff in the media, especially in the last few weeks, about the yeah. anniversary. Uh, Entertainment Weekly just came out with a whole magazine issue about it, mm-hmm. um, which I read, which was amazing. And I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. See, it's it's worth reading for sure. Yeah, worth giving them your actual money. <laughs> I did. I bought. I paid my own American cash in a subway station. For I'm it. so proud of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you you told me about how someone gave you a copy, yes. and I was like, damn it, I really I want was one <laughs> I was gifted by the kindness of a coworker. So, um, but no, it's interesting because okay. you know <clears throat> we've got this 20 year anniversary timing and. Obviously, the movie Which is, is not why we're older doing than that. This, like though. the movie has been around for more than twenty years. But, um, yeah. but what I was what I was thinking of was there was a a comment that um, Sarah Michelle Geller said in um, some of the interviews from this piece, and she was talking about how like um, wait I'm gonna ruin her name Christy Swanson is that her name Yeah, yeah Christy she gets a yeah. lot of like the flack for this <laughs> movie <laughs> being so bad, but really it's like totally. not her it's fault. Not her like fault. she was no. just trying well, to do what she was told. Mm. True. And they took though I have some I have further thoughts on that as yeah, well. Yeah, but like you know, Joss Whedon says they took his idea for this like subversion of a horror genre right. and turned it into this like campy, a terrible like, camp comedy. comedy. <laughs> He's like, yeah. it's not really. It's kind of like I think when he talks about um, he wrote some of the dialogue for X Men. And right. like he wrote this like <laughs> right, really jokey line, and Halle Berry delivers it like she's doing Shakespeare. <laughs> it's right. like I feel like he's got the bad luck That's of people what they sometimes yeah. like misinterpret his writing. Totally. Um, um, well, so do you do you want to talk about why like why are we doing the podcast? Oh, at all? sure. So we're not doing it because of the twenty year anniversary. That was just that was just excellent timing. <laughs> um, so we're doing this podcast because Jenny and I live on opposite coasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're best we're best friends. Yes, and I <laughs> actually introduced her to Buffy. That's uh, true. Long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh God, like. I mean, yeah. Forever. Honestly, it's kind of one of the reasons that I mean, it's not the reason that we're friends, but it was definitely it a, like might formative. Be one of the reasons we're a, best friends. I think it was definitely when we went from like, oh, we are people who are very good friends and live together, and then like, oh, now we share this thing that our other roommates didn't really care about as much, and and we kind did. of went off the deep but end. But like, on it. yeah, we like, oh, we're gonna yeah jump off this cliff together. Yeah. and it's been a very fun free fall off that cliff. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't regret it at all. But we were looking for a way to kind of 
talk more and chat because Mm -hmm. being busy and living our own lives, like sometimes we go too long without talking. Um, And we were inspired by Call Your Girlfriend, um, where Mm -hmm. they call each other from across the country. And (laughs) well, they chat about, you know, more political goings on and we can talk about pop culture, but... Yeah, um, I guess they talk. About I mean, and then both all of us. I think both of us have also been listening to podcasts for a long time. Yeah, like I've always wanted. I've wanted my own podcast for a long time. Yeah. so why not? I mean, this is what happens, right? Like you start reading blogs, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, I should have a blog." And you're that. like, "Listen to podcasts every day," and you're like, "I should yeah. have a podcast." This seems easy, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do also think maybe a lucky, not accident, a uh, consequence of this is like I. I talk about Buffy a lot, so just do like I. every day, and I feel like maybe people will enjoy if I'm focusing it, uh, you know, one hour a week instead of just doing it all the time. I'm not sure it's really going to curb me talking about it, but maybe. But this is like a safe space. It's a safe space, <laughs> exactly. Where you don't have to sound like a crazy person talking <laughs> yeah. about, like, Joss Whedon's brilliance and, like, his yeah. dialogue and, like, the <laughs> academic analysis of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to people right. who, are, like, have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Um, so anyway. No, if like, you don't know what we're talking about, you're still, what? you know, welcome. People who haven't watched it are still welcome to join us. Oh, absolutely. And I hope this encourages anyone who hasn't watched it to to, to watch it. Because, you know, yeah. it's this, I think, going to be one of the all-time television classics. And I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. think it already is. And especially, yeah. you know, I think this year there's been, like, you know, right. more so of much a... much media, yeah. Like, media attention, but also, like, generally, culturally speaking, like, I think, you know, you can argue yeah. about the ways it's happening and if that's right or not, but, like, feminism is definitely having, like, another moment. And right, if right. you want an example of a female-led television show, definitely most of the time passes, like, the Bechdel test and, like, mm-hmm. all of these important um, attributes that you want out of a good kind of feminist leaning yeah. TV show. This is definitely a good candidate for that. Even though it's 20 years old, it was far right. ahead of its time. There are a lot of things that it gets right. Yeah. And, you Although, know, things it gets wrong, but right. <laughs> it might be a product of its time in that way as well. Um, yeah. And the television show gets far more right than the movie does. That's Oh, definitely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we should jump into the absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, Joss Whedon had this idea for you know, a horror movie where instead of the blonde cheerleader getting killed in the first five minutes to kind of introduce <laughs> yeah. you to the monster, like, what would happen yeah. if she actually turned around and killed the monster? Right. Um, which was the the germ of the idea, and you could argue that's sort of what happens in the movie, but... Sort of, um, yeah. There's a lot more, I guess, layers around that that are, you know, yeah. interesting I mean, choices. I'll be honest with you, I feel like... This, you know, it does. The movie does not make a ton of sense. No, not partially remotely. because it's just moving so quickly and it's kind of doing that. You know, I think the way off movies often now, in compared to longer running television series, just seem to suffer because people don't really get the characters don't get room to grow. But uh, right, yeah, I don't. The I whole, did not remember I mean, how get, short this movie was until yeah, I just rewatched it. So much about it that I didn't remember. I mean... Also, I didn't remember that they don't actually burn down the gym at the end. <laughs> in my mind, they did. And that must be from the comic. Just from the TV show. Or from the TV show when they reference it. Because mm-hmm. the TV show does try to make an attempt at at least linking the two together. And, you know, well, the events of the TV show take place after this. Except on right. an alternate timeline where Buffy has de-aged it's, two years. <laughs> a couple years younger. What I read is that uh, the burn, the gym burning down is part of the orig- was part of Joss's original script. And so he just referenced that because in his head, like, that was how it was supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, I think, how More Amy Sherman-Palladino yeah. in this new Gilmore Girls revival yeah. seemed to reference things that she wanted to have happen in the seventh season <laughs> yeah. that maybe didn't. And if you weren't aware that that was what was going on, it was a little confusing in places. Yeah. Um, but so I guess the basic plot of this movie is that Buffy is this super like the worst caricature of a of a like valley girl high school high schooler she only cares about fashion and her boyfriend she doesn't even seem to like her friends that much she doesn't seem to like anyone and like she's a valley girl to the degree that you wonder how she like remembers to like put clothes on in the morning like she's really vapid and it was really yeah doesn't seem intelligent at all yeah and then she find you know this creepy guy finds her in the gym one day and is like you're the slayer and tries Gives her a, I will say, not great, like, I didn't totally buy it, explanation about how he definitely knows this thing is going on. But then she goes along with him. She is definitely the slayer. They kill some vampires, and 
And then it culminates in a fight with the head vampire at a school dance. And it all goes down like there's no time to sort of absorb any of this information. Mm -hmm. You're just going like there's these two side characters, one of whom is David Arquette, who like (laughs) becomes a vampire. And, you know, like... So there's this scene where yeah they don't really do anything. No, with that they just he just <laughs> is another character that because the <laughs> background of all of this action is people are just disappearing in Los Angeles right, and in LA, yeah. coming back and looking not remotely normal and everyone's just kind of like sure oh, yeah. like like there's a player in a basketball game who's a vampire who's like look at my new tricks I can do because right, I have special yeah, powers but... and no one notices <laughs> that he looks bizarre and also I had to wonder is this in the middle of the day like shouldn't he not be I, awake yeah. Um, that's a great point. That scene it is also been a night. I guess notable for Ben Affleck's cameo ben appearance. Affleck. <laughs> this movie had a lot of cameos. So Ricky Lake was also people. their waitress in the first scene. That was or like Ricky the first Lake. scene that yeah. Oh. When they when they run into Pike and um David Arquette's character. Pike, by <laughs> the, the way, like, played bar, by yeah. uh, Luke Perry. Luke Perry. <laughs> At the As it, cusp of his stardom, I believe, but I yeah. He's kind of doing it for me. I think I really like Luke Perry. It might just be because I really like him playing Mr. Andrews in the Riverdale Well, I was going to say, like, this is also a little bit timely because Luke Perry has suddenly appeared back on television screens. He's one of the best actors on the show, which is... Is that a low bar? I'm not sure. It's really saying, but um, I I enjoy him in the show. Yeah. And I I did like him in the movie. I thought he was one of the better parts that kind of worked Well, and I have to wonder if his character is also sort of like an early prototype of Spike because... Oh, hmm. Like, well, just because of the name similarities, (laughs) basically Pike and Spike and, you know, one's a vampire and one's a human, but, Mm -hmm. um, no, so Luke Perry's just so kind of like nonchalant about everything. Like his best friend turns into a vampire and there's this great scene where David Arquette is like floating in the air (laughs) and Luke Perry's like, go get some sleep, man. Like he's like not even phased by the fact that his friend is like, he's like, go home, you're floating. Yeah. I I wrote that down because it made me laugh a lot. Because he's physically floating and he's like, there's no problem with that. He's just like. It's the middle of the night, man. What's up? Yeah. Um, and Donald Sutherland just looks like halfway through the movie, he realized what was going on. And he was yeah. like, oh, God, <laughs> what have I yeah. signed on to? Yeah. Because um, there's some actually like, well, not at the time they weren't very big names, but some of the cast actually were. Like you have Donald Sutherland. There's so many people. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his Hillary name? Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank <laughs> in one of her first roles, I think. And uh, Paul Rubens, I think it was her first AKA yeah. Pee Wee Herman, shows up as, yeah. you know, vampire lackey. The little sidekick. Well, and um, the guy who plays the main vampire. Yeah, Rutger Howard. For- he, Thank you. I have only seen him in one other thing. Um, was it Blade Runner? It was, no, it was Lady Hawk. Oh, <laughs> you should watch Blade Runner. I just watched it twice, like, a week, two, a week. I have two, never one seen One or two Blade weeks Runner. ago. I should watch. It's pretty good. He's a great, he's great in that. He's much yeah. better in that than he is. <laughs> well, the movie that I've seen him in, he plays a man who's cursed to be, like, a wolf during the night, mm. and then his girlfriend is, like, a, a hawk during the day. And so they can <laughs> okay. never see each other because they transform, like, except right. they see each Opposite. other, like, when they're transforming or something. And... I, I just like always remember that when I watch this movie because it's so he's turning in this like well I mean his he's barely in the movie like he's the main villain and he yeah. barely he's barely there like he and I it's unclear what his powers are like he appears in yeah. her dreams there's this really creepy scene where like she's going to bed and she like lays down lays on in his him arms. and you're yeah. just like wait is she dreaming what's going on yeah um, I mean and then yeah. And he only has to kill, like, one person to, like... Right. I guess that was the part that really the most didn't make any sense to me. This, like, weird reincarnation storyline that they tried to work into it. Like, why why did he even seek her out? He could have just lived in Europe and run rampant. Like, it didn't make any sense Like, why seek out the Slayer? If she's never going to find you, then you're golden. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. But I think think it's unexplained, but it seemed like his history is he hunts and kills the Slayers. Like, he's sort yeah. of implied to Merrick that, oh, I've killed a bunch of your Slayers pretty recently. And, like... I thought he had killed all of them. I don't know. But... And that was the other uh, thing about okay. Merrick was, Who like, yeah. this idea that he's constantly he reborn to yeah, guide the Slayer. No. I'm like, that's definitely not something that carried well, on to the, the TV show. Yeah. So, in the movie, he ends up, like, in a semi like a the fi- not final but the first fight that she has with the this master guy Lothos is his name I think um she uh they play it like it's really important that Merrick ends up dying 
but he's been dying every time. Exactly. So, like, Isn't really he just going to come back? back? He was like, oh, no, I did it wrong this time. Like, but you've clearly been dying. I don't follow. Also, his death is like this grand acting scene. And like, <laughs> yeah. it happens so slowly that Merrick yeah. like deserves to die. Like that steak yeah. is definitely coming yeah. at you at a very slow speed. Yeah. And I guess you could argue that maybe Lothos had hypnotized him, but again, unclear. Are those his powers? Yeah. yeah. Very confusing. Um, I did like Paul Rubens in it. He was good. I thought he was pretty good. I really, I think if if he had been able to be in the TV show, like they could have done some really cool things with him. I can just kind of picture him being like, I don't know. Because he's great in, in most things, you know. Yeah. I don't know. He was the only one who seemed to, like, be having fun with the campiness instead of just being like, I'm just wildly exaggerating everything. Well, I think campiness <laughs> is kind of his speed, so, you know, right, he's exactly. just getting he, into it. He got um, it, yeah. Less said about the friends, the better. I mean, they're all yeah. pretty interchangeable. I mean, Hillary Swank is only notable because she goes on to become Hillary Swank. She won, yeah, exactly, because she later won an Oscar right. and learned karate. Right, I think this was pre-Karate Kid. I, everything I read said it was her first movie, but I did not actually check the dates. Yeah. Christy Swanson, actually, not bad. Like, you know, she actually yeah. does convincingly make you think that she is capable of killing these vampires. Like, she actually seems pretty good at it. And she's I, training and trying to get strong and all of that. I, I, did, I, did, like the, I did like the training. I, I did, thought, too. I thought it was very well done. <laughs> it doesn't make up for it. They do play it. It takes the place of any actual character growth because after that, she completely stops acting like an airhead, which, like, you know, story-wise makes no sense. But yeah. it was a good scene. Um but yeah, I do think that she she came off a lot better in the second half of the movie once they let her be just... It's not like she's not still making little jokes and stuff, but she just wasn't completely being just a one-note airhead. Right. Yeah. I do think it made me, uh, watching her in the first half of the movie where she's just this just totally over-the-top ditz uh, with, with a bad Valley Girl accent... Um, it did make me appreciate Sarah Michelle Gellar because I do feel like right off the bat in the show she's able to kind of play she just plays that so much better like she's always she's always like quippy and silly and like frivolous but she's also still really sincere I don't know something about it that I think I always just thought like oh Sarah Michelle Gellar is just like okay but I think looking back on it it's a lot harder to to still be kind of have this like ditzy layer of you that doesn't overtake everything well, she's not playing an airhead. She's playing someone true, who's true, like, true, true. like her passions are maybe like fashion and shoes and you know, whatever right. might be considered frivolous. But she herself is not coming across as like unintelligent and no, you know, maybe not like book I, yeah. smart. But you know, she you can well, have a conversation yeah. with her. She knows what's up. Um, right, and and again, I think the that's the kind of the mistake that the movie made is thinking that like they, they kind. I feel like they do kind of make it like. Buffy's turn throughout the movie is like she learns to stop caring kind of about these things that were that now seem so so silly and frivolous to her whereas like in the show it's a lot more about her just being multifaceted and like well like she's going to continue to to let herself care about these things that she cares about she's not going to let being the slayer get in the way of her being a teenager yeah Um, and then they try and bring it back in the end because she like uses some hairspray in a pretty cool fire move yeah but like it wasn't enough for me to be like you, you, this movie, think that being a silly teenager is, is, is like, kind of reprehensible and being this, like, kick-ass adult is the only way to get respect, kind of. I don't know. I didn't appreciate the movie's view of her, I don't think. Pretty sure that Hairspray Can Move is something Buffy uses in uh, season, is it season two or season three, hmm. where she has to fight the vampire without powers. And pretty sure she oh. pulls out that Hairspray Move. In that. Interesting. Yeah. I might be remembering I'm, this wrong. I'm positive that a girl in my sophomore history class was doing that in the back of the classroom once. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is very dangerous, but I don't, not going to say anything. <laughs> it didn't set off of fire alarms or anything, so. Phew. Yeah. Um, no, I think um, this is one of those movies that everyone involved sort of wishes now that it weren't on their resume, but. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but they shouldn't. It's got, it's place it's definitely not mm. going to be a serious movie but it you know I was really surprised rewatching that I enjoyed it <laughs> I mean yeah it's just like not. a light-hearted <laughs> little like you know tale about a blonde girl killing vampires um I mean I'm not gonna I'm say tr- I like it in comparison to what it could have been and did become right. but it's not as awful as my memory <laughs> I thought it was worse than I thought it would be. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but that's all fair, you know. Also, the vampires did not explode into dust. 
No, which they didn't. seems like, like it creates messy. a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just left a lot of dead bodies around. Um, not to kind of backtrack too much, but also just kind of weird uh, guest appearances. I did really enjoy the principal as well. He's, um, what's his name? That actor, he's the guy from Office Space, and then he was in True Blood. Oh. And most recently, he um, was also in Get Out. Um, I want to say Stephen Fry. Is that? No, no it's not Stephen him. Stephen Fry is a famous, famous British ex, uh, actor. Oh, no, I know. He's, yeah, that's who, he's the other guy. It's, um, no, I know who you're talking about. He oh, was. It's Stephen Root. Stephen Root, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, liked him. I enjoyed everyone who's gone on to then do more projects involving vampires. Just Fair enough, yeah. Proving that it just won't <laughs> die. Uh, I did also like the basketball coach. That was just like a weird thing they let go on in the background is that like their coach is terrible. Are we the and X's or the O's? Shows, yeah, he's like showing them like pictographs. Like, I don't know. He's like, pretty, even what, like a Illuminati sign like, or something. He sent them out there and he's like, oh, I, I meant to write this down. He was like, you're all good people or something. Like he <laughs> said some like, you know, inspirational thing, like sending them out there like you're loved or something. Yeah. I forget what yeah. it was, but I think I chuckled at that because yeah, he he's, they're supposed to be just awful at basketball. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a, a completely nightmarish mascot. Oh. <laughs> the person in the weird pig costume was just, it's like one of the very first shots of the movie is like a pig, someone in a pig mascot. And it was, I was like, oh my God, that's the scariest monster the, that's going to be in this I whole will movie. say the extended scenes of cheerleading were oh yeah not great especially considering no. a few years later you had the cheerleading brilliance that was bringing right. on <laughs> and right. like they could have done this a lot better. Yeah. They're just waving pom-poms and kind of, like, shuffling back and forth. Yeah, they were not, like, great at cheerleading. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much to say about this movie other than it does exist. And it exists. Um, I do think it's funny kind of, again, going back that you're, you're thinking of Pike as a precursor to Spike, and I was definitely thinking of him more as a precursor to Xander. Maybe a preferable one. Maybe. <laughs> but, because uh, I, I don't know. I liked that he was a competent interested sidekick for her um like it when like in the final battle scene when they're all at the school dance like he literally spent the night whittling steaks down from like every piece of wood he could find and he like brought it there and he was the only one who was prepared i don't know i just i like i liked his attitude i liked him yeah he he wasn't yeah, he so was a good although he you could argue that he kind of showed up trying to save her in places and she was like, I don't need yeah. you to be here, but true. She didn't need the those steaks, though. She didn't need the steaks. She needed a, a whittler. She didn't really yeah. need a, you know, another person to kill the vampires for her. Especially once, like, they lure all these people, or not lure, but all these people are in the gym, mm-hmm. and somehow the vampires are. Well, I guess Hillary Swank invited them in, and so right. they're all coming in, and yet they don't really seem to be killing anyone. It. They spent a lot of time making faces at Buffy from the doorway. <laughs> Like, they were really just, like, they were there going, ah, ah. I mean, the stakes could not be lower, because I'm sure none of them were allowed to touch her. True. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, you know, it's notable in that, you know, it, eventually, I think he decided, you know, Joss Whedon decided, I could do this better, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Probably meant to be told, you know, more long form, this high school metaphor. And, you know, he kind of got, um... I think saddled with some of the legacies of the show, right? Like the executive producers, um, one of yeah. whom directed this movie. Right. And that all of that kind of the business end of it is a little bit interesting. Like it is. the history of it. And then that they later went and, you know, took his original script and the movie and kind of combined it into this comic book that mm-hmm. is supposed to be the real, you know. Definitive. And I remember I didn't know that when I was reading it and I was like, wait, I don't remember this stuff happening in the movie. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's why, you know, it's more in line with his original it's partially vision. Partially from his script, yeah, and his original and script. And he's now accepted that, yeah, he's like, it's fair to say that that comic is canon. Like, that mm-hmm. can be considered the origin story. Right. Maybe it wouldn't have been identical to the one that he planned, but it's better than, you know, the movie version. Did you find yourself, because I was doing this, watching the movie, trying to pick out <laughs> lines that I thought Joss had written. written oh, absolutely. They, they left in I there. feel like they were pretty <laughs> obvious which ones. Like, I, think I don't so think too. there was a huge extensive rewrite. I think it was just the, they, oh, like see, they changed I, some I of the, the tone. I think they changed the whole script, but I don't think they changed a lot of the dialogue. Right. Well, I guess that's what I mean. Like, I, okay, I, there okay. definitely was some, like, 
like the coach for sure, the basketball coach that was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely some lines that Christy Swanson gets out that I could hear in Sarah Michelle Geller's better, slightly better voice <laughs> being like, Oh, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, um, I do yeah. love that. Like you identify a slayer by whether she's got this like awful birthmark birthmark and she had hers removed. <laughs> And, yeah, he – and, you know, I have to say Merrick was just terrible at getting her attention, like, stalking her in yeah. the mall and then just showing up at the gym. It was, like, all kind of weird, and she's so accepting of, like, okay, this, like, old guy is here in a trench coat and right. wants me to go yeah, to the cemetery, you but I'll go. Yeah, yeah I did not buy that part. He was so creepy, too, at first. Yeah. Like, I do feel like they, once they went through the training montage, their relationship felt a little bit more like what – it would be how how it gets played in the TV show, which is like it, it's kind of sweet, and he cares for her. Um, but the early scenes are just like, why is this stalker in the girls' gym and the girls' locker room? Like she should be calling the police. Yeah, and her like, parents he must that need was more tact than that. Um, I thought, the, yeah. like that she just had these absentee parents, um, which is so yeah, different is from very the character. Like in the show, like you know, her mother is this really important character, and they have this mm-hmm. you know complicated relationship because you right. know, Buffy's like lying to her all the time but right. she's certainly not absentee and you know when she's like bye Bobby and Buffy's kind of <laughs> like yeah she might be talking to me like maybe she doesn't even know my name right it's kind of interesting that was yeah um you know what else I was thinking in the last scenes of uh of the movie they're having this big the, all the vampires show up at the school dance they're all out there being like not menacing at all and then they kind of turn it into, like, gremlins, where they, like, one of them, like, becomes the school DJ. Like, some of them are just dancing with students. Like, I was just like, what What are you doing, movie? This, it was funny, but it, again, like you said, it didn't make any, it didn't make any sense with what had gone on the rest. Like, the whole movie itself wasn't purely goofy enough to have, like, gremlins level, like, antics and then have it just be funny. But it, it did kind of make me laugh, I guess. I was like, oh, maybe these vampires, they're confusing them for gremlins now. And did you notice the sweet fog that came into the parking lot, too? Like, the vampires <laughs> definitely know. brought some fog machines with them. Nice. <laughs> They're nice. going to make it a rave. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, and also on the whole, too, the production values of this movie are as bad as they are in the first season of the show. Like, I was kind of surprised. There's, like, this whole, at one point, Pike, her little, you know, her friend, is, like, gets in this dramatic car chase scene that was, like, it looked like they were driving like 10 miles an hour. Like I was like, this is not at all exciting to watch. Right. That he may as well have been in a golf cart for like yeah. the speed at which that was happening. And yeah. then he like rips off the guy's arm. Yeah. Which, which like then they make got some good jokes out of that, I guess. But like. I guess but it's kind of unclear how his arm weird. just yeah. could detach in that way. Right. Yeah. That, but yeah, I, like the action was lackluster other than like the backflips look cool, I guess. But you know, yeah, the, the vampires outside of the school with their phone machines. Like, some of this stuff was just, like, so not high quality. I mean, I that whole gym scene was just, like, a music video, essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, Thriller 2.0 or something. I will say I did like, and this was kind of goes back to the training montage, I did like her spin kick move where she would, like, throw a stake at them and then kick it in harder with her foot. I did think that looked cool. But that was her only move, so, you know, again, the action itself wasn't very exciting or kind of like, okay. Well, also when she had to um, backhand spring her way across the gym to <laughs> to, to leave, like and it was times. like, why are yeah. you doing this? Just turn <laughs> Just around and run. Time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're taking no, more she... time by getting acrobatic about it. <laughs> Definitely. It was just to prove that she could. I, I guess. Like, why are you doing this? I don't think this? it intimidated the vampires at all. No, I think they were kind of like, why is this idiot, like, doing gymnastics right now yeah. she should be running down the stairs very much i did like also i mean i know i already said i like paul rubens but i did like his death scene his, his very extended death <laughs> very scene extended, that yeah. is revisited in the credits and he just dies five <laughs> different ways essentially yeah. yeah yeah i did she stakes him and then he just really dramatically just keeps like squawking about it in the background <laughs> i did enjoy the credits sequence mm-hmm. very much like mm-hmm. all the interviews that they're doing afterwards yeah um, i did like the principal yeah. So overall, okay, so you did not enjoy this. I didn't. Okay. I I don't, I mean, I don't regret watching it because it's like, It has you know, its moments, Like we said, sure. it's important, and it's important, it's important to me as a fan to, like, be complete about things where I can be, and, but no, it just, I feel like they just sucked all of the greatness out of it. 
like also one of the things that they do, I, I have to believe that this was not part of Joss Whedon's original script, although we can definitely read it online and I will double check this, but like one of the things in the movie is that Buffy gets cramps when the, yes. the vampires oh, are near her. I forgot I about like, that. so dumb. <laughs> like PMS is her special mm-hmm. talent to like tell if the vampires are there. That totally just felt like somebody got the note of like, you know, she's a girl. Ha ha ha. And I was like, this is a bad way to render that on a, on a movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's in the original script, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt for now. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't like it. I think it was campy, but not like fun. I mean, it was, it tried to be fun, but it was like, it didn't have any of the wit that makes like something that is campy fun. No one's like in um, on the joke. Like that's yeah. what makes campy work is if you're aware that what you're doing is campy and you're right, just kind exactly. of having fun with it. And you know, you have Donald Sutherland, like, you know, giving the performance of his lifetime. I guess, yeah. Rutger Hauer's, <laughs> like, in an entirely different movie. And yeah, then yeah. you've got Paul Rubens just having a blast, and everyone mm-hmm. else is just, like, has no idea what's happening around yeah. them. That um, was actually, that was what I wrote down as my, like, hot take, is, like, the TV show was, like, really good about being, like, meta about it. Yeah. And this show, the movie is just tacky. Well, just tacky. I th- so it's interesting. There's <laughs> it's like, this funny thing that I read today where um, Joss Whedon was talking about the comic a version, mm-hmm. the comic version of this, and he was talking about the um, depiction of Merrick, and he was like, "Thank goodness, looks oh, yeah. more like the TV version because yeah. they, they do flash back to some of right. this in the TV show." Right. And he was like, "And not, not I'm glad other. it wasn't like some thespian." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they oh, really, he, really he must like not him. like Donald Sutherland. No, he didn't. And it sounds like Donald Sutherland also just like rewrote a lot of the lines. Oh. What, the things that I've read repeatedly online are that Joss was originally on set when they started filming the movie, and then he just got so upset that he left and never came back. <laughs> How um, upsetting must that have been? Yeah. To see all the things that not only they had done to it, but then, like, that these actors are doing to also, your like, beautiful wedding lines. Also, like, you know, 20 years later, no one would dream of, like, rewriting Joss Whedon. Like, right, he's, right, right. I mean, like, he was a script doctor for so long. Like, I mean, the best parts of, like, X-Men or... Um, Mm -hmm. Alien 4 or Toy Story (laughs) like you know all these things that he was a part of before someone was like hey maybe we should give this guy a shot at like being in charge of the Mm -hmm. entire thing Mm -hmm. Um, and just when he directs his own material and he just totally has this pure vision and knows what he wants to do it's like who what crazy person would stop him from doing that right but you know he's brand new to the game and unproven and you know Suits no best, so <laughs> right, right, right. You know, they're never wrong about the notes that they give. So yeah, I just yeah, it's a uh, it's a fascinating time capsule of a movie. I think yeah. Well, um, and I want to kind of go back to the idea that if this movie hadn't gotten made in this exact way, would the TV show even have happened? And I do kind of feel like the you know when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, even really Buffy, like kind of this the reversal of like oh instead of a movie now uh, of like going from movie to TV show like. It's, it's very, like, on the vanguard of what kind of became this golden age of television where it's like now everybody want, hopes that their book has turned into a TV show instead of a movie because it's just so much, there's so much more room right. for your characters and your stories. Like, it that, has room to breathe. Yeah, but I feel like that's really one of the things that the movie, I mean, of course, like, there were so many problems with the movie, but there really was just, like, expected you to go from, like, this girl being completely helpless and stupid to being super competent and badass. And it was just like, there's just no way to do that in an hour and a half. It's not going to be believable. Well, and um, especially if you kind of take what makes it work and remove it. And you're right. I don't think it would have happened had this not been the version of the script that got mm-hmm. made into a movie because there's no need for it. Like if his vision is realized and he's like, great, right, moving right. on, I'll go back Why to would he have gone back to it. Whatever my day job is like, you know, he may have come back and revisited it, but there wouldn't have been, he probably wouldn't have felt like this need to do that because, mm-hmm. you, you know, he's told the story he wants to tell versus, like, in what actually happened, no, he didn't at all tell right. the story that he wanted to tell. He was yeah. like, wait, this is a really good idea. If you let me do it the right way, people will realize that. Right. Or if he had made a movie, if he had been in control of it and it had been, and it had failed or been mediocre, you know, why would they give him a chance with the same material again? Like, only kind of because he could say, I think, well... I mean, I think the real reason that he got to do the show is because he had right of first refusal on the on the property, <laughs> and they had to ask him to do it. But I just think, you know, again, I'm not sure it would have happened if this movie hadn't come out the way that it did. Maybe not. Hmm. But hey, you know, in the end, we have this lovely gem of. It's true. I mean, this well, is well, we so, have a thing. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a definitely like a excellent movie that you can hate watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Because it does have its moments of just absurdity and yeah. overall not great. And yeah. I think every time I try to watch it, I end up falling asleep. But I Yeah, I did fall asleep yeah. and then have to rewatch the end. Yeah. Uh, do you know, so again, in the movie they have this, like, the first time that she fights this, like, the big evil vampire, Rucker Hauer, they're in, like, a weird carnival setting. I couldn't figure out where they were. Do oh, you know where that, the, what that is? Yeah, it was, it said it was, like, a bunch of parade floats. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So it was some parking lot of parade floats, and I don't know where they were or where <laughs> they were supposed to be. Um, yeah, maybe like made, Ro- again Rose made Bowl. zero sense yeah. in the movie, but it did look cool, I guess. I, yeah, that, that's probably purely why they went there. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know if it was close to the high school. Like she chased that vampire guy mm-hmm. there. I don't, like, All right, I guess also, that kind of makes she's sense. supposed to be keeping, like, a low profile, and the whole reason she's chasing this guy across the basketball court is because she's like, he knows my name, he, right, but right. he doesn't know you're the Slayer until you engage him, right, which right. she did in front of an entire crowd full of people at a basketball game. I mean, it's, True. like, not exactly intelligent, no. you know, secret identity. No. Although really in the TV show, it's also like her secret identity is kind of a joke because everybody knows. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody doesn't know, but many people know. I mean, the only time she's ever truly, I think, anonymous as the Slayers in the college years. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's kind of like, like she shows up on day one and, you know, she's rescuing people already. So Mm -hmm. I wish we could talk about that next time when we get into the pilot. Yeah. Well, hey, so did you know... (laughs) <laughs> is I this feel trivia like time? It is. Uh, that Dolly Parton's production company is one of the production companies. They I like did bought read that. the script, yeah. And then they were on they were producers on the show too. I just can't believe I missed that this whole oh, time. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, they still own that production company is the one that rebooted the TV series to begin with. That's fascinating. Yeah. And they were the ones that then like reached out to Joss being like, Oh, do you want to do this thing? And I'm pretty sure they thought he was going to say no. And then he was like, yes, I do want to do this thing. I mean, it's very cool that it's Dolly Parton's company, but I doubt she ever read the script. No, I don't know how. I mean, I have no idea how directly engaged she is. There are other executives names who get cited in that as definitely having been the people that like read the script and suggested they acquire it and then helped work on the show later. But, um, Yeah. I also think I maybe I just blocked this out of my memory, but that there's also like this impending rumor of a movie reboot that the director was going to do. Yeah. So I read all about that earlier and the latest dated information that I found was like 2012. So I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that just died on the vine. I think it did too, but well, because I think also if you think about the timing of that, like now Joss Whedon has proved himself. He's very clearly like has cultural ownership Mm -hmm. of this property and the idea of redoing this without him, I think everyone is kind of like, that's a stupid idea. Why would you do yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know what you would get out of that. Yeah. Why do we need a to lot remake of everything? Fans. You know? Why can't we just let it live in its little yeah. time capsule and enjoy what we've got? Yeah, or at least give it a little bit longer. I don't know. I I saw today that they remade Dirty Dancing. I'm really upset about really? it. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. For like ABC television. Oh, why? I, it, that's oh, the God. question. Why? Why would you do this? And like this whole let's remake everything attitude, like if Buffy were to ever fall prey to that, I would be so crushed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it will happen eventually, but I don't know. Give it another 20 years. Exactly. Like, like give I'm me just, a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I won't even be watching television at that point in my life. Which is yeah. Sad. Maybe I'll have gone blind. <laughs> One can hope. God. Um, but yeah, did you find any other weird trivia? I didn't. I thought, you know, at one point in time, like years ago, I remember really going down a rabbit hole in all mm-hmm. of this. And so mostly today I was trying to kind of read a little bit more of what I thought I knew, but mm-hmm. I didn't really find as much as I thought that there you know was. What? There is another huge thing that we haven't mentioned is that <gasps> Seth Green is in the movie. No. Yeah. He's like, he's, so he's like basically got cut out of it, but he's like, when she leaves the gym after they're having this, like the final kind of battle sequence, he's like one of the vampires that she punches in the face. Really? You don't see his face in the movie. He, he, the way he says it is like, I got cut out of this film, but like, I think there's like the back of his head in it for a minute. So fast forward a few years when they're asking Seth Green, do you want to be on on the the show? show? And he's thinking, well, that sounds familiar. (laughs) I'll have to find interviews where he talks about it because I didn't find any direct quotes from him. I just saw it listed everywhere that like he's definitely him and some other some other actor whose name I didn't recognize um, are in both the movie and the show. 
Though the other one is, the other person who's in the movie and the show was in only in one episode of the show, not like a recurring cast member. Oh. I wonder if it's someone maybe that was like in that flashback episode. I don't think so. I I, I looked up what episode they were in. I forget which one it was. Eh, I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But yeah. So. Well, I'm going to say that it is not the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm going to say it gets a solid F from me. I All right, a, maybe a I'm D. Give it a, a D because they do okay. get points for trying to. I agree. I agree. Have fun and you know. I guess sh- it's just also hard because really this was only a couple years before Clueless came out, and so it's like again, right. like there's just such a great example, contemporary, like contemporary to this movie example of how you can do this Valley Girl thing and have it not be just insulting. <laughs> you right. Because it's not like Cher isn't vapid also she just has so much more going on that it's like oh yeah you, this is a thing that you do it's not all of who you are like well, you about could, i guess easily envision her staking vampires is what you're saying i totally could that actually sounds like a great like fan fiction <laughs> can we get some sort of crossover oh man um but yeah yeah no i didn't i didn't like it um i do remember the first time that i watched it I think I already told you this when we were talking before, when we were just talking about the podcast in general, but, um, cause I guess this movie came out in 92, I would have been like six. Right. And, uh, we went, my sister, my whole family went over to like a family friend's house and they had a daughter who was a couple years older than my sister and she wanted to watch it. And so like the three of us, like that was like, I don't know what we must've just been left to our own devices for that afternoon or something. And so she wanted us to watch it and we did. And then I know that like later, like we all got in trouble. It was my mom was like, you shouldn't have been watching that. I don't know if she was, cause she was worried that it was too scary or if it's like too sexy. Cause it was like high schoolers making out. But I mean, you know, I was a little bit like, I did not really remember that this movie is like for its time, like a little risque high school, like mm-hmm. her boyfriend's sleeping over at her house. Yeah. Like there's definitely like a dick joke. And, and her friend is like, having sex with her boyfriend in the car in the very end too right and it's Ugh. i like the whole time i was like wait i don't remember this like what is this movie rated is this yeah. pg or pg 13 definitely 13 probably yeah um you know i don't remember how old i was when i first saw it it was like i think it had been out for a few years and maybe mm-hmm. i think i just saw it at blockbuster one night and it was like oh i want to watch this movie mm-hmm. But I remember a few years later, and I think this was when the television show was in its second season, because I remember coming into class one day, it was like English class, and these girls were talking about the finale, mm-hmm. like the season two this, finale, and everyone was like mm-hmm. crying and like, oh, uh-huh. whatever. Ugh, yeah. And I had no idea what they were talking about, because they were talking about Buffy, and I was like, like the movie? And they, were, <laughs> and, they, and they had no idea what I was talking about, so they were like, oh, like the TV show. And that was the first Aww. I had ever heard that there was a TV show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because it aired on the WB, and the WB at the time wasn't its own network, so mm. it didn't air everywhere. Like there wasn't like a channel that was always the WB. Like, it, like they aired WB programming on other channels. Mm-hmm. And depending on where I lived at the time, we didn't get those, um, those channels. Or they came on at weird times or something. I don't know. I definitely remember in high school, like, or middle school or high school, maybe, like, freshman year of high school, waking up at, like, or, like, staying awake until, like, 2 a.m. on a Friday to watch Angel. <laughs> because that's when it came on TV. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so when did you start watching Buffy? So I started watching Buffy, like, the TV show, mm-hmm. like, a few years, or maybe, like, a year or two after that. Um, okay. Like, during the summer reruns of the third season. Okay. I remember that just makes sense. turning it on, and it was like, oh, like, I know what the show is. That's mm-hmm. cool. And, like, I remember feeling, like, so grown up, because I knew, like, WB was, like, racy. You know, well, yeah, teen, like, because I was, like, after, like, Dawson's Creek had yeah. premiered by that point, so, right. like, being allowed to watch it was, like, a big deal. And yeah. I think usually, you know... I think 9 o'clock was, like, my bedtime. So mm-hmm. anything that aired after 9, like, I wasn't watching. And I think Buffy was, like, an 8 o'clock show. But, mm-hmm. um, like, I remember watching it. And I think the first episode I saw was the one with, like, I think it's called Beauty and the Beasts. Where... Oh, yeah. Um, What's, well, like, the, an angel That's, like, back. the... Yeah. Dr. Jekyll one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this show. It's great. Yeah. And then I think I watched a few more ar- around that time period of the show. And then I started watching, like, the fourth season is the only one that I watched regularly. Interesting. Because we moved, and mm-hmm. then the um, there was a channel that aired Buffy and Charmed. 
Uh-huh. Like after school. <laughs> and so like I could watch it when I was supposed to be doing my homework. Uh-huh. And funny. like I watched the entire fourth season and then we moved again and or that might have been when the WB became like a, ch- a channel. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't watch the fifth season. And then when we moved again, because I was like moving all the time, um, that was the sixth season. And But then it was on UPN. So mm-hmm. like I you definitely didn't watched. Have it again? <laughs> right. So we had it. And that was when we had the WB as its own channel. And then mm-hmm. we also, but Buffy had moved to UPN. So I watched the fourth and the sixth and the seventh seasons. So those were the only ones I watched live. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of spotty, you know. Yeah, that is spotty. So. Then did you not watch it all again until you got the box set? I think I had watched, like, because it was on reruns in the afternoons. Okay. Okay. So I had watched, like... You caught up somehow. I caught, no, I caught, like, a couple here and there. And I, like, I think through reruns I eventually had watched everything up to the point. Because I okay. think when it started airing reruns, I think it had only aired, like, five seasons maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, so by that point, like, I had watched the whole show. But I hadn't gone back and rewatched everything. Because, well, if you think about it, like, at that time, like, you couldn't. Right. <laughs> like, there, was exactly. no there was no way no to Netflix. do that. Yeah. <laughs> there was no Netflix. There was no uh, DVD. So like, there that was, like, just when I bought reruns. the box set, that was when every single television show was coming out on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember sitting in my dorm room, and, like, I just blew through the series in, like, you know, a week or something. Like, that was, like, <laughs> okay. Shut mm. my, I like, think I like shut myself in my room and then I came out and I was like, you should watch this. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That, that sounds right. Cause I feel like you were talking about it with more authority than someone who had seen every episode, like maybe once, you know, five I years I had seen before. a lot of. I think I'd seen a few of them more than once. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the early seasons, I don't know. Cause I remember also trying to kind of catch up. And so I would go and, like, you couldn't get a movie on or a TV show on DVD, but they did have them on VHS. But because of the limitations of VHS, like they only had them in like two or three episode blocks. Uh huh. So Wait, I would go to Blockbuster like, oh, and okay, like at a video store on yeah. VHS. Yeah, on VHS, and I remember watching like a few of those season Got one it. episodes that way. Interesting. And so, like, some of them I had seen more than once. But, yeah, like, when I got the box set, that was, like, I think that's partly why I kind of, like, got so into it was because mm-hmm. it was all accessible to me. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I was, you know, I was excited, like, showing you the show. And, like, yeah. we were getting really into it. And we ran out of time. We did run out of time. <laughs> we, we tried to we watch graduated. all of it in a semester, and I didn't quite make it. But I also yeah. didn't watch the first season with you. I watched some, I started watching somewhere in the middle of season two. Well, because I think I had told you not to. Or, or I, I told you that you didn't have to because, like, I was, like, season two is really, like, where the Much story better. gets going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I still actually recommend that to people when they ask Same. me, yeah. like, where, where should I watch Buffy from the beginning? And I kind of say, well, it depends. What's your patience level? Right, like, exactly. Shows? Because if it's not high, then no. You should yeah, start, you on, start like, on season two. Maybe start the on, the, yeah. on the, the finale of season one. But yeah. certainly don't start on episode one and watch the whole way through. Because there's yeah. a lot of interesting choices to get through in the meantime. <laughs> well, I'm excited to watch the show again. I mean, I'm I, I literally too. never not watching it. Although now that Netflix took it off, I mean, that's such a huge blow to me and my personal life that yeah. I can't just be streaming it wherever I last left it. But at the same time, I mean, it's still other places online, so. Well, I'm very excited because I have not rewatched in a few years, so I'm definitely overdue. And because Netflix took them off the site, now mm-hmm. I'm forced to go back to watch. and watch the DVDs, yeah. and I get to enjoy the delightful DVD menus. I did just order season one on DVD. Excellent. <laughs> I got it on eBay. Well, because I realized I want to start watching it with commentary. Yeah. So I was like, shoot, I got to buy the DVDs then. <laughs> well, that's what's great about the box set, too, is because mm-hmm. it was also like an anniversary. I yeah, think it might have been extended stuff. Would it make sense that it was the 10 year? That would make sense because yeah, it would have 20, been 2007. 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, there's Ugh. a bunch of commentary, like written materials that came in the box, like where Joss is talking about his favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, some of that's actually really interesting. And maybe yeah. if it, if there are relevant pieces, I can read, read those out on the podcast. But um, I'm very excited to get to the good part. <laughs> Me too. I mean, we did this our, we did our duty to watch this yeah. movie. <laughs> this was the homework. I've learned some hard lessons no, I didn't. I didn't learn anything. But um, I am glad I watched it, even though I didn't enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to start talking about the TV show and just moving on from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I was going to be exciting. Yeah. And we the best part is we're going to have regular contact. Well, I know that is exciting. Phone calls. I mean, we're obviously in constant contact. On right. The, Chatting. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is more immediate. More immediate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice to hear your voice. 
Yes, you sound so lovely. <laughs> we do have to start listening to ourselves on recorded audio, though, which is weird. Oh, the horror. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's sort of the theme, right? Horror. Mm-hmm. So I guess that fits. To... <laughs> <laughs> Way to make it fit. Oh, that's reaching. But yeah, mm-hmm. not looking forward to that part. Maybe I don't have to listen. Maybe I can just, you know, put it out there and hope it's fine. I just hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to recruit a producer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, cool. So we are going to be doing, like we said, season one Mm -hmm. and we're going to do one or two episodes every time. Two episodes. Two episodes. Two episodes of Buffy for each episode of our podcast. Right. And we're going to do season one and then we'll probably take a little break and then go into Mm -hmm. season two. Um, give everyone time to digest. We're not going to do the Netflix binge model here. No. So, no. TV shows sometimes are meant to be absorbed and thought about. Yeah. And let it let it marinate with you a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially when it gets into the good, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is certainly a show with mythology, which is fun. That is fun. Yeah. You, know, you definitely need to pay attention. Well, you don't have to pay attention to season one, actually. <laughs> kind of. Well, season if you watch all the way to the end in season did. seven, there yeah. are a few season one callbacks, yeah. which is fun. I, I don't hate season one. It's not my least favorite. It grows on me. It grows like, on me. It's I can been appreciate growing on me, too. certain episodes. Yeah, if you can see past the horrible production value, I think it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely special effects in 1997 were limited mm-hmm. on, a, on the TV budget that they were clearly operating on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I see what TV shows are capable of doing on no budget now, and it's like, oh, God, if only they could have done this 20 years ago. Yeah, but very true. All right. Okay, well, so that was that. that? Um, we'll see you next I time. I hope we've <laughs> encouraged everyone to make their own decision about yeah. whether they want to watch this movie. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll talk to you next time you next after week. we yeah. watch... Wait, The Harvest? Is that... That's what it's called. Is that what it's called? The pilot? I think so. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. We, we come back. <laughs> Come find right. unsolve this mystery with us next week. What's the name of the first episode? <laughs> yeah, someone's screaming at the at their definitely right now. like it's the harvest. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. That's how I listen to podcasts. I scream at the I, people I do that like as you're well. wrong. Ugh. Now I'm on the other side, and it's so much harder. <laughs> oh God, the shame. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll so, see you next week, or I'll um, talk to you next I'll week. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.